Good morning. To the, welcome to the Noblesville First live stream on this first Sunday after Easter. Keep in mind that according to the church calendar, every Sunday is a celebration of the resurrection. Today we're going to be focusing on Paul's letters from quarantine as we share in the next three weeks about the message that comes out of the book of Philippians, Colossians, and the book of Philemon. Today, Pastor Matt and I will share the message as we each focus on a specific passage out of Philippians. There's so much in that book that we want to bring to you, so we'll bring you two different messages today on that. We have a lot going on today, so following the uh, service today, Teeter uh, Farm will have a video put together by Katie Rogers, which will tell us about the, the latest developments at the farm and also talk about the Teeter plant sale that's coming up May 9th and 10th and preceding that. Then follow that video, Pastor Aaron will hold a live Zoom Q&A and you'll be able to access the link to that on the front page of our website. That'll be the easiest way to find that. But that'll be open, it'll be live, we'll be able to see one another and you can ask specific questions that are prompted by the video and what's gonna happen with the plant sale. Pastor Aaron will answer those and it'll be good to see each other as well. Then following, uh, the message by Matt today. In addition, we'll also be announcing who our new associate pastor will be beginning July 1st. Uh, we, as we've mentioned before, Pastor Aaron Hobbs will be moving on to Broadway United Methodist Church beginning July 1st. So we'll be sharing that announcement uh, between the uh, after Matt's message today and before the rest of the service. So uh, hang on. We look forward to a, a great time today. Let us join now together in our call to worship that will be shared responsibly. I will share both parts, obviously. The joy of the resurrection of Jesus Christ is with us. We rejoice in the blessing God has poured into our lives. Even though we hear words of doubt, we are called to believe. Even though the world would draw back into darkness, we focus on the light. Thanks be to Christ who gives us the victory. Hallelujah. Amen. At this time, we're going to have our hymn of praise, crown him with many crowns, and it's being led with us today by Greg and Lucinda Ryan, who will be celebrating today their 40th wedding anniversary.
please join with me now in our prayer of praise and gathering. Let's pray. Lord, we ask that you pull us together, each separately in our own homes, but our spirits are united. As we share our comments on Facebook, as we connect with one another in our hearts, in our minds, but most importantly, we have come together to connect with you. We need the strength and hope and power that you provide, especially in this time. We want to lift up our, our world right now. It's already beginning to divide once again. Help us to unite and know that the best way to, to fight this disease is to be united and to work together. Bring that spirit among us. And may we lead the way as your followers. May we be examples of how all should be responding because our love is for you and all of your people. Instill that in us now, in this hour, as we try to be re reconnected, renewed. May we affirm the strength that comes as we hear your words that come from sacred scripture and through the power of music, but most importantly, through your Holy Spirit. Through Christ we do pray. Amen. <laughs> As we come to this time of prayer this morning, we'd like to lift up our parish joys and concerns. First, we'd like to lift up Greg and Lucinda Ryan, who are celebrating their 40th wedding anniversary today. Congratulations to them. Also, we have several people in the congregation uh, who are experiencing health concerns. We lift up Andy Tank's father, Ken Tank, who lives in Iowa, Angela Edge, and Joyce Waller, a former parishioner of Pastor Jerry's from New Albany. We also express our condolences to Shelley Markham on the loss of her father, Fred Allgood, and to Jim Witta on the loss of his brother, Herbert Witta, and to Sharon Call and her family upon the loss of her son, Kyle. Let us join now in our call to prayer. Generous God, we thank you for your presence in our lives. As we enter this sacred time of prayer, we are reminded of the many times that we have doubted and feared. Banish our fears with the memory of the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Remind us again that through all our troubles, doubts, and fears, your power, mercy, and love are with us. Amen. And now let us uh, take a couple of moments of silent prayer, and then I'll close us in the pastoral prayer. Powerful and loving God, to you we lift all praise, honor, and glory, for Christ is risen. You have brought life out of death and hope out of despair. You walk by our sides through both difficult days and joy-filled triumphs. May fresh life burst among us like the budding trees awakening to the spring. May walls of distrust, resentment, and self-hatred, which keep us from loving others and ourselves, be broken down so that new life can emerge. May a new sense of community bubble up in the midst 
of this time of physical distancing, even where once fear kept us as strangers. Help us to seek the common good and to be kind to our families, to offer help to our neighbors and do simple acts of kindness, like making a phone call, writing a card, typing an email or sending a text. May each of these small acts be blessed and be a blessing to others. Also, Lord, grant us patience and peace in the midst of this pandemic, especially as we hear mixed messages about how quickly we will be able to resume activity. Help us to listen to medical officials, to stay at home and to avoid unsafe behaviors. Continue to bless and strengthen healthcare workers, grocery store and restaurant workers, farmers, delivery drivers, custodians, teachers, and parents. Through your Holy Spirit, nurture the small growth of hope, courage, and faith in us all, that we may shine forth the light of the risen Christ as your Easter people. We pray these things in Jesus' name, and now unite in the prayer which he taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now if you have children at home, uh, round them up. And in about two minutes, we're going to have a very special children's message just for them. I'd like to add one additional prayer concern uh, to what Pastor Aaron shared today. We received yesterday that Carol Darley lost her brother who lives in Arizona. Uh, Carol's our business manager and also a church member of the congregation. So please keep Carol and all the rest of the family in your prayers as well this week. For announcements today, we have a lot of things to bring up. First of all, grief share and divorce care are now involved with the Zoom gathering, so you can access that if you have needed either way. Uh, their session doesn't have too many more weeks to go, but if you'd still like to get connected, contact Carol Miller at cmiller at noblesvillefirst.com. Uh, she can get you connected now and also for the next session that will be coming up, at least by August. Uh, after all this quarantine, we just might have a few additional takers for divorce care, so uh, keep that in mind as we... Uh, know that a lot of our loved ones are in challenging times in any ways that we can be helpful, both in grief and through the struggle of divorce. Our Teeter plant sale will pick up uh, on, we'll have a pickup on May 9th and 10th. They'll have a delivery option as well preceding that. So within the next week or so, they should have all that up online. And we just want you to be aware of that and be aware of the Q&A that'll be held by Pastor Aaron afterwards that'll answer all your questions about that. In addition, we need help advertising that sale through the community. So we have already handed out several signs, but we have at least 16 more teeter plant signs, yard signs that you can put in your yard. If you're willing to help us out in that way, please just email care at noblesofirst.com and we'll use our Acts of Kindness team to get those delivered to you and you can place those where you want. In addition, uh, we believe that we've got a ministry going on here with our online presence. The church is open. Uh, in many ways, even though our doors are closed. So we have 25 yard signs that just got into the church office that you can put in your yard as well to help communicate to the community. And they might be in need of hope. 
they might desire God's presence and they can connect with our live stream and all of our other ministries that are still taking place virtually. And finally, I just want to lift up that Sunshine Friends. We are now ready to gather them once again with a Zoom gathering. That'll take place on Monday, April 27th at 6.30. So spread, spread the word, uh, especially if you're a volunteer, you want to be a part of that. We know that all of our friends there in that community will love to see one another. So Sunshine Friends on Monday, April 27th at 6.30. Uh, I invite you to pull out your smartphone and check out the Noblesville First app. You'll find the opportunities to serve. It has an easy button on that. Or you can go directly to our website. We have a, a graphic for that. Just click that and it'll take you to all the options of how you can safely serve now in this time. We also want to lift up our hymns for hope for next week. Come Thou Font of Every Blessing will be the song. So please uh, sing, perform, share that on our Facebook page. And we'll feature it on the live stream if we can fit that in. So finally, I hope that you've got your children gathered now as we listen to our children's message. Guys, thank you again for joining me here today. I'm so glad to see you guys. So um, we've had a chance to reconnect, and I'm guessing you've had a chance to reconnect with some of your friends during school now. And uh, so today, tell me, um, have you guys had a chance to look up at the stars lately? Since you're not having to get up and go to school early, it's been kind of cool, but none of yes. What about last summer? Do you remember looking up at the stars at all? No, no, I got up the other morning and I looked out to the west. And the moon was great big, a big full moon, and it was orange, and it was up against a dark blue sky, and it was just beautiful. You guys ever seen anything like that? I know Tanner was up. I said, oh, Mason and Tanner. Did you call your, your map? Did you call Matt? Amber. Yes. I'm here. Matt, did, did you call Matt? Oh, I did not. I was asking if you had seen anything like that. <laughs> well, a lot of people have seen stuff like that. Um, you know, when I was a little girl, NASA, which is the space group, if you guys know about that, the, the people who send spaceships into the sky. Well, NASA sent out this spacecraft to go way out to the far reaches of our solar system and even farther than that. And they wanted to take pictures of the planets that are out there. Do you guys know some of the names of the planets? Saturn, Jupiter, Moon, Sun, Venus, Mars. Yes. Shout it out. Asteroid belt. Tyler says Earth. Telescope. Guys, that was awesome. Earth is wet. Earth is wet. 
this a planet? It is. So, planet. guys, I have pictures from Voyager. You want to see them? Yes. So here's, here's Jupiter. Isn't that cool? Look how pretty it is. Look at that. So that was Jupiter. And can anyone guess which what this one is? Saturn. Saturn. Very good. Nice. And here's another one. It it looks a little blue and turquoise-ish on my phone, but it's just kind of big and white there. So it's it's kind of the color of my shirt. And then this one. Anyone guesses on that one? Uranus. Neptune. Nope. It's Neptune. a blue. Yes, it is. It's Neptune. Very good. I was going to say it is a blue watery. Very good. Aren't those beautiful? And then you know, um, those are the farthest out planets. And right before it left the solar system, it turned around and it took a picture of Earth, four billion miles away. So it took a picture of Earth, and I have a picture of that here. Can you see it? Can you see Earth there? No. No, it's only four billion miles away, so you should be able to see it, right? It's only four billion miles away. Let's see if we can see it. And I zoomed in a little bit. There, can you see that? See that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I see it. That's the sun. No, that's the Earth. That is the Earth taken from four billion miles away. That makes it seem like this. Isn't that amazing that this great big planet that we live on seems so tiny and insignificant from four billion miles away. We're like a who on a clover. You know, Horton here's the who. It's like that little dot of dust on a clover. Isn't that amazing? And you know what? is also amazing about that is that out of all of this space out of this whole cosmos God sent Jesus here. Now doesn't that make that feel so incredible to you? So God lives throughout the whole cosmos and that means God is right here with us right now on this tiny tiny little blue dot that we call earth so god was born as a baby that we know as jesus yes as jesus and he was born in a dusty little food bin that we call a Mom. Mom. manger Mom. yeah he was born in a manger in a stable and he grew up and he lived and he loved and he healed and he taught us how to live and love and heal. You know, Jesus lived a 
full and right relationship with God, and he showed us how we can do that too. So we shouldn't do things for selfish reasons, but we should care for each other and even those creatures who aren't anything like us. Jesus listened to God even to the point that he died so that people could feel better about the relationship we have with God. So, you know, God must really love us to do all that, right? It's okay. We know the truth that we must matter very much to God, no matter what we've done. For our stewardship moment today, we'd like to lift up the ministry of Teeter Retreat and Farm. The greenhouses are filling up, and uh, we'd like to thank all of our wonderful volunteers who have been out working really hard. We'd especially like to lift up Loey Milam and Tina Dillard and thank them for their good work as they're preparing in the greenhouse for our upcoming plant sale fundraiser. We also are still welcoming guests to come out and take a walk around the property walk on the trails, uh, check out some of the wildflowers that are blooming. But if you're not able to physically come out to the farm, we'd like to invite you to get online, come to teeterorganicfarm.com or the church website, and there is a virtual wildflower walk. You can uh, listen to Elizabeth Bowes as she walks around and narrates and shows some of the things that are in bloom right now. So check those things out. We are uh, very thankful to all of you who, in your faithful giving, help support the life-giving ministry of Teeter Retreat and Farm. Now, as we prepare for this time of worship where we gather our tithes and offerings, I'd like to just remind you that our ministry is still going on and um, we appreciate all of your giving, whether, that, whether it be online through electronic giving or if you'd like to drop a check in the mail to the church office, that would be great too. So let us ask God's blessing now upon today's offering. Almighty God, by your grace and into your hands, we commit our lives and these gifts. Increase them and transform them into abundant goodness, that they may proclaim your renewing presence in the world. Amen.
A reading from Philippians 4. Be glad in the Lord always. Again I say, be glad. Let your gentleness show in your treatment of all people. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything. Rather, bring up all of your requests to God in your prayers and petitions, along with giving thanks. The then the peace of God that exceeds all understanding will keep your hearts and minds safe in Christ Jesus. From now on, brothers and sisters, if anything is excellent and if anything is admirable, focus your thoughts on these things. All that is true, all that is holy, all that is just, all that is pure, all that is lovely, and all that is worthy of praise. Practice these things. Whatever you learned, received, heard, or saw in us, the God of peace will be with you. I was very glad in the Lord, because now at last you have shown concern for me again. Of course, you were always concerned, but had no way to show it. I'm not saying this because I need anything, for I have learned how to be content in any circumstance. I know the experience of being in need and of having more than enough. I have learned the secret to being content in any and every circumstances, whether full or hungry, or whether having plenty or being poor. I can endure all these things through the power of the one who gives me strength. I invite you to take advantage of the faith verse that will be listed on the website. Just go to the worship tab and pull it down. You'll see that option there. The faith verse provides a chance for you to reflect individually. This week we'll be reading the entire book of Philippians with just four chapters, but there's so much excellent stuff, especially this time. So take advantage of that this week. Well, we live in a nation where freedom is deeply ingrained in our DNA. Confinement is not something we handle very well. We're used to wide open spaces, having plenty of options. Many in our community have traveled all over the world, and certainly most of us have taken advantage of seeing those vast regions of our country that's so beautiful to look at. We're just not used to limits. I have a former parishioner who's in prison now. He uh, has, I believe, reformed. He still has a little time left on his sentence. I've been to see him a few times. And let me tell you, it's an eerie feeling to go in, uh, put all your valuables in a locker, empty everything you have, and you go into this containment area for them to check you out, make sure your ID is who you say you are. Then you go in, when that door goes behind you, it's a strange feeling. Now, I don't know if you could call that a taste of confinement, but let me tell you, it's enough for me to really appreciate what the Apostle Paul went through when he was a prisoner. And he did this for the sake of the gospel. He endured beatings, took the abuse of mobs, he spent considerable time in prison, and yet he produced at least three books that we have in our Bible now that we can read, all while he was in prison. Now, we're not sure exactly how long his imprisonment lasted. We do know from the scriptures that he spent at least two years in Caesarea, in Herod's palace, and another two in Rome. And the estimated incarceration in Rome, where he produced Philippians and Colossians and the book of Philemon, we believe occurred somewhere around 60 to 62 AD. But all this started in Jerusalem. Paul had just completed his third missionary journey. He was in Jerusalem, and there the rumor got started that he had brought a 
Gentile into the temple, something forbidden by the Torah law. Paul was already in bad favor with most of the Jews in Jerusalem because uh, he was known to be teaching a religion contrary to the Jewish faith. And so he was gathered up by a lynch mob. He was arrested and then taken up to Caesarea where he spent two years in Herod's palace. And he decided pretty quickly that he was not going to get a fair hearing. So he requested, which was his right as a Roman citizen, to have a hearing before Caesar. And so began a long journey that you can read about in the book of Acts to Rome. Now one of the more amazing circumstances that you read about in the book of Acts is that it seems that almost every, without exception, without a few exceptions, Paul endeared himself to Roman officials. The dignitaries came to respect Paul, and rather than being housed like a common cr criminal, he was allowed to rent his own dwelling where he was under lock and key and was guarded by a Roman guard. Now his confinement was unique. He was not seen as a threat, so he was able to receive visitors. He was able to correspond freely. And that's why we have the letters that we're going to talk about in this series. It was kind of like a house arrest. Today we'd probably put an electronic ankle bracelet around him to make sure you could track wherever he was. But still, we should not make light that he was a prisoner. We find in this book also a couple of comments that are very interesting. One talks about the influence that Paul was able to have even in Rome. It was told that he was known throughout the whole Praetorian Guard. The Praetorian Guard was a, a group of 10,000 soldiers who had special favor. They had double pay, and even the emperors had to court their acceptance. There's also a reference in the fourth chapter, the 22nd verse, where Paul's ministry is said to have converted several people in Caesar's household. We assume those were likely servants who worked in and around the emperor's palace. But let's not minimize the circumstances. Paul mentions at least 18 times and uses the term prisoner in the three letters we're going to study during this series. And yet, in spite of his circumstances, the core message that we find in this book of Philippians, a letter that had to travel 4,608 miles to reach its destination of that church in Philippi, that message is rejoice in the Lord always. There are 14 different references in this letter alone that talks about rejoicing and holding joy whether he lives or dies, whether he's well-fed or hungry, safe or in danger. And he calls upon the Philippines, the, the Philippians to have the same joy in whatever situation. Philippians 4, 4 and 5 says this, Be glad in the Lord always. Again, I say be glad. Let your gentleness show in your treatment of all people. The Lord is near. Paul's joy was not based on the circumstances. It was based on the fact that he knows, he feels, he is confident that the Lord is near. Paul reminds us, as well as the saints in, in Philippi, that whether we're glad or troubled, the Lord is near. Whether we live in freedom or captivity, the Lord is near. Whether our personal health is solid or shaky, or whether our personal finances are booming or busting, the Lord is near 
at all times. And those who have made space in their lives for God's presence have the assurance that God is near. We find that in the comfort of the Holy Spirit who's with us always. We also find it in the prayers and the presence of other believers. Even if that presence right now is just through phone calls or emails or texts or even the Facebook comments you're doing right now. Probably the best way for me to describe God's presence in our lives uh, comes from experience I had a few months back uh, swimming with my two grandchildren who happened to share a birthday. Kane, Dane, and Cohen I had at a hotel swimming pool and they are at that age right now where they like the water, they love the water, but they're still afraid of their skills as far as swimming. So they would cling to the side of the pool or they'd be in the shallow end up on their tippy toes, keeping their head above water. But they wanted, you could see they wanted the freedom of going across that pool. And so they'd be on the edge and I'd say, okay, come swim to me. And I'd put myself a certain distance away. It takes some coaching, but eventually I'd get them to come. And, and I would do this. When their head was in the water, I would probably take a step back just to make that distance a little further. Do you ever do that? And then I, when they get there, and, and I was right there. If they had struggled, I'd just reach out and grab them. And then I'd say, look, see how far that you went? And then I'd say, let's try it again, and I'll take another step back. That's how the Lord is near with us. He doesn't do for us what we can do for ourselves, but he's always present. He's there that we can trust. And he's there in times that we panic. Sometimes we may feel like those, those, children, those grandchildren of mine, they're flailing away out of panic, afraid of drowning. But the key is just to take the next stroke and to know that God will be there. Philippians 8 and 9 says, From now on, brothers and sisters, if anything is excellent, if anything is admirable, focus your thoughts on these things, all that is true, and holy, just, pure, lovely, and worthy of praise. Practice all these things, and the peace of God will be with you. While God is always near, there is something that we must do. If our heart and minds are going in the opposite direction of God, God will feel a million miles away. So we're called to focus our thoughts on that which is true and holy and just. In short, to focus on the things of God. And we're called to practice these things. Practice means they're done over and over, just like you would for a sport or any kind of skill. It has to be done over and over. It has to become part of who you are. Now, this isn't winning God's favor. God's grace is always a gift. But it's about making room for God in our lives. It's simply making it possible for God to be present. And it produces a contentment that empowers us to handle every challenge. And when we nurture God's presence in our lives, we discover in Paul's own words, as he says here in 12 and 13, I have learned the secret to be content in, every, in, every, in any and every circumstance whether full or hungry, or whether having plenty or being poor, I can endure all these things through the power of the one who gives me strength. Boy, don't we need to hear those words right now? So how do we, in the midst of a pandemic, something we have never seen before, 
cope with our confinement. How we realize that God is with us when it seems the world will never be the same again. And the answer is to know that the Lord is near and to focus on that which is true and excellent. To find the good even in the midst of so much that is frightening. Because we know that God is with us. We find signs of God's presence in lots of unexpected places. I asked our staff this week, where have you seen God present in this time of confinement? And they had lots of great answers. They talked about families who go out together on a walk. When do you see that? They talked about the appreciation they have experienced in their own lives of being forced to just slow down a little bit and appreciate that they've probably been running at too fast a speed that's healthy for their lives. And they hope that they and others will evaluate their lifestyle and what is really important and necessary. Some mentioned the air quality that we know is improved just because everything has slowed down. And the hope is maybe we'll realize what a difference we can make if we just give nature a chance. Others took note of the connectedness of our congregation that we're feeling even right now. And because we know that God is near, we, we've already started asking that question, what's the church gonna look like when this is all done? When we, uh, still have to practice safe social distancing, but we're allowed to get out of our house more and to gather together at least in some size of groupings. What would that look like? And even though it's kind of crazy and mind-boggling to think about the paradigm it will be, we can do that because we know the Lord will be near and he'll fuel our cre creativity. We know the church might even be something different from now on, but that'll be okay because God is near. And that's the good news today. The peace and contentment that is discovered in Christ will provide the assurance we need to make whatever adaptations we have to make. We will rejoice because the Lord is near. It will empower us to face whatever challenges that are to come. So I hope that you'll take time and read this book of Philippians and hear the message that comes from someone who is confined for over four years in his life his message to us is that we can find that secret to contentment. No matter what our circumstances, we can find that joy and we can rejoice in the Lord always. This time, let's hear what Pastor Matt has to say about Philippians 2, verses 1 through 11. Today's scripture is Philippians 2, 1 through 2, 11. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort in love, any sharing in the Spirit, any sympathy, complete my joy by thinking the same way, having the same love, being united and agreeing with each other. Don't do anything for selfish purposes, but with humility, think of others as better than yourselves instead of each person watching out for their own good. Watch out what is better for others. Adopt the attitude that was in Christ Jesus. Though he was in the form of God, he did not consider being equal with God something to exploit, but instead emptied himself by taking the form of a slave and by becoming like human beings. When he found himself in the form of a human, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on a cross. Therefore God highly honored him and gave him a name above all names, 
so that at the name of Jesus everyone in heaven or on earth and under the earth might bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Welcome to Noblesville First live stream. I'm glad you've decided to join us this morning. I'm Matt Hantelman, and I'm one of the pastors here at Noblesville First. And as Jerry said, we're going to be looking at the letters Paul wrote from prison. And I hope through this series that we can find a ways to connect with God in our isolation and seek ways to build our hope in this time of hardship. If you've been with me for a while now, I know that you're with me when I say we have to make sure we read more than just the verses Wendy and Alyssa and Nate read to get a handle on what Paul is talking about here. Because chapter 2 starts with a very important word, therefore. If we want to know why Paul is telling people the things that he tells them, we need to look back at what was said. So I invite you to hear the end of chapter 1 from the book of Philippians, where it says, God has generously granted you the privilege not only of believing in Christ, but also of suffering for Christ's sake. You are having the same struggle that you saw me face, and now hear that I am still facing. Then chapter 2 begins, therefore. We talked on Thursday night with our Thursday worship group about what it means to suffer for Christ. And there were mixed feelings. Some people said that it could look like sacrifice, the way that we give parts of ourselves up or things about our lives to better look like and act like Christians. And some others disagreed and said that they didn't feel like they really had suffered for Christ at all, at least not in the way that Paul was talking about from prison after being arrested for being outspoken about his faith. We did all of us agree that uh, there are definitely those who do suffer for Christ's sake. Maybe people who are arrested while protesting or worshiping in places where it's illegal. But what we do find in this passage and throughout the New Testament is that Paul was a master of taking whatever situation was handed to him and turning it into an opportunity to serve God. You heard Pastor Jerry talk about the famous verse, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, which has been turned into bumper stickers and journal covers and everything else. But like a lot of catchphrase verses, it probably doesn't quite mean what most people think. You heard it in Pastor Jerry's message from the Common English Bible. I'd like to read it again. It says, I know the experience of being in need and having more than enough. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every circumstance, whether full or hungry, whether having plenty or being poor, I can endure all these things through the power of the one who gives me strength. All these things, the circumstances that the world throws at us. And I love this idea that both being full and being hungry are things to be endured. Having plenty 
and being poor are both things to be endured because Paul's attitude isn't one of this world. It's not the world's get ahead or get money or get luxury attitude. It's instead one that focuses, as we talk a lot about here, on the coming kingdom of God, which is a place where none of these things matter anymore. There won't be hunger or thirst, so being full or hungry won't matter. There won't be rich and poor, so those things won't matter. Paul says he's enduring them for a time while we are here with the help of Christ. So as we endure those things, we also find ourselves in situations like today or Paul's imprisonment where things are hard and tunnels don't seem to have as much light at the end of them. We suffer with what the world throws at us. And Paul says, God blessed you both with the opportunity to know Christ, but also to endure this suffering. And then he says, therefore, the beginning of Philippians 2 again starts, therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort in love, any sharing in the spirit, any sympathy, complete my joy by thinking the same way, having the same love, being united and agreeing with each other. Don't do anything for selfish purposes, but with humility, think of others as better than yourselves. Instead of each person watching out for their own good, watch out for what is better for others. In the midst of this hardship and strife, in struggles, in persecution, in prison, in quarantine, we are to find the light of hope and pull on that string. Be better than your circumstance and dig into the hope that we have in God. And Paul tells us how. He says, have the same love. Be united. Agree with each other. Don't do anything for selfish purposes. But in humility, think of others as better than yourselves. When hardship comes, even when we're separated by miles, we are better together. We are a force for good when we are united. And this, to me, is Paul saying, in the midst of hardship and trial, be even more diligent, be more loving, be more sharing, be more giving. Show us more of God's kingdom as we endure what the world is throwing at us. This is a triumphant shout of this isn't the way it needs to be from a people that know the hope that exists in Jesus. Written by a man imprisoned who knew that his imprisonment would never be the final act. And I get it. This can start to feel like a pep talk. Of you can do it. Keep moving. You're going to get out of this eventually. And it can seem like I'm just trying to trick your brain into being happy and joyful by saying nice things. And personally, I'm in a place right now where that is even harder to hear. Because there are days where my own psychological disposition doesn't even want things to get better. Where I feel hopeless. Where being a pastor who is supposed to be spreading hope to people 
is hard when I don't always feel like I have hope myself. But that's not actually what I'm saying. This isn't a pep talk. I'm not trying to give you hope that it'll get better someday or that we can find little bits of joy and happiness in the midst of turmoil. I'm saying that the turmoil belongs to the world and you don't. Now, here, with everything going on around us, we do not belong to it. If there is any comfort in love, then we as Easter people have the ability to be fully comforted for the God we know is love. Any sharing in the spirit, then our hearts and spirits are connected to one another as a body of believers, even when separated by physical space. Part of living into God's kingdom is the recognition that it is different. It houses the humility to think of others as better than ourselves. It houses the parts of us that watch out for what is better for others. Paul is reminding us that in the midst of everything around us, we have a home. And that home needs to be spread to all to envelop them too in the hope that we know. In quarantine, in isolation, we can still be beacons of hope, just as Paul was writing letters from prison. So write a letter, plant a garden, love on your neighbors, engage in the kingdom of God that is here by fighting against the world of suffering that we live in, by fighting against the tendency for selfishness in self-preservation in a time where communities are ever more important. Anywhere you can make the world look like God's kingdom instead is movement towards unity for the world in Christ. Amen. On behalf of the staff Parish Relations Committee, I bring good news from Bishop Julius C. Trimble, resident bishop of the Indiana Conference. He, along with Conference Superintendent Reverend Chris Nunley and the Indiana Appointive Cabinet, announced today the appointment of Reverend Jill Moffitt as our new associate pastor. Pastor Jill is currently serving as pastor at Rosedale Hills United Methodist Church on the south side of Indianapolis and brings amazing gifts for ministry. Her expertise is in discipleship through Bible study, preaching, writing, and creative outreach ministry in the greater community. Pastor Jill brings a great spirit, a true love of Jesus, a desire to make disciples, and even more energy, passion, and experience. Jill received her undergraduate degree in religious studies from Butler University, and her Master of Divinity degree is from Chandler School of Theology in Atlanta, Georgia. Her passions for ministry include preaching, teaching, sacraments, music, administration, and pastoral care. Jill is a proud mom to a preschooler who is now enrolled 
already at the Noblesville First Preschool. In her spare time, Jill enjoys singing in the Indianapolis Women's Chorus, exercising, theater, and being with friends and family. Jill also likes to write and has published articles on ministry and has already contributed to at least two books that I'm aware of. Jill served four years with one of my close friends, Scott Johnson, so I was able to reach out to him this week, and he shared with me that Jill is very capable, that she's a good preacher, and in his words, we have hit the jackpot. So we will get to know Pastor Jill more in the coming months as she begins her transition to Noblesville and gets ready to begin on July 1st. Until then, we ask that you pray for her and her son, Xavier, who's four years old, as well as Noblesville First as we prepare for the next chapter in our ministry.
other place at Teeter on a cold day, our beautiful greenhouse. Our volunteers have been working in here since late January, seeding, transplanting, and tending the plants that will not only go out in our fields, but be available at our plant sale. So I thought I'd give you a sneak peek of some of the gorgeous planters and hanging baskets that they've designed. I'd also like to tell you that we'll have herbs, garden vegetables, and individual ornamentals available for sale. Let's take a look at what else is in here. The Teeter mission is to combat food insecurity, to build community through meaningful relationships across barriers that sometimes divide us, and to educate children and adults on the importance of environmental stewardship and care. The need for this mission, specifically the need to improve access to healthy food and support our community, has only increased during the pandemic. So we are working hard to meet the needs of our community with our resources by using our 120 acres to help people get outside while social distancing, by working with Family Promise of Hamilton County to house families in need, and by increasing the size of our CSA and extending our production season so we can get food to people in need as early and as long as possible. We are very excited about this year's Mother's Day plant sale fundraiser. Our volunteers have been working together apart to grow beautiful ornamental plants and delicious varieties for your home gardens. This year we have some incredible begonias, petunias, and geraniums. The colias are my particular favorite. We all have our favorites in the greenhouse though and I'm confident you'll enjoy the colors and textures as much as we do. To keep everyone as safe as possible, we are going online with the plant sale. You'll make your purchases from the comfort of your home this year and then come to Teeter during designated times and we will be placing the orders in your vehicle using a skeleton crew to minimize contact. I think this is a particularly important time to be reaching out to each other and I can't imagine anything more lovely than opening my door to one of our planters of flowers or a garden starter kit. So we hope that everyone will take this opportunity not only to support Teeter and our mission to feed people, but simultaneously to share these plants is a way to spread some love to family, friends, and neighbors. It's not just a great idea for our moms, but for anyone who could use a reminder that they are thought of and part of a community.